Tune in to Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app. Packer and Durham, pre-power hours upon us on this beautiful Friday, 844-SAY-ACCN. That is the number for the program as we continue to stream live on the ESPN app. Wes is down at home in Cartersville, Georgia. Uh, I'm still here in the basement with dogs. There is no Robert. There's no Captain Ron. There's no Otto. Uh, we do have uh, Westerham now has his official ESPN one-year anniversary pin. We're good to go. I'll hold that and keep that bad boy here. Make sure it doesn't uh, get stolen. It won't. We're good to go. But uh, it is a super regional <laughs> weekend, Westerham. We got track and field championships going out in Eugene. And four ACC baseball teams. Three get started today. North Carolina gets started tomorrow morning against Arkansas and Chapel Hill. But if you love your baseball, you love your track and field, it is your kind of weekend when it comes to college sports. Do you know the value of winning game one? I do. Super regional? You're asking chance. the wrong guy. Uh, again, you know how much I love trivia, but I actually know the answer to this. And if you would have asked me this question this is crazy. early in the week, I would have told you the number would have been higher. I, I thought the number would have been wow. higher. Since this round was added to the tournament in 1999, 80% of the teams to win game one have gone on to reach the World Series. 80. It's a big number. That's a big number. Oh. And, and I'm going to go back here. Shout out to Elliott Avent and NC State because this is why what they did last year at Arkansas is even more remarkable, Pack. That's right. To get shoved like they did in game one at Fayetteville and come back and beat them cats twice. Yep. In that environment. It's hard to do. And let's, you know, we get to this point. I mean, you got 16 teams with a chance, right? They're sitting there getting out of bed going, guess mm-hmm. what? We're going to win the national championship. And they're all good. I mean, you know, that's why I like this tournament because it weeds out the nonsense in round one. And you can have a bad day and still survive. As I mentioned, Louisville, North Carolina are still in the Super Regional, and they lost last weekend. They had to come through the loser's right. bracket. It is hard to do. North Carolina knocked off VCU twice. Mm-hmm. Louisville had to knock off Michigan twice and even rallied in the last game to do that. So it's difficult. But when you get to this stage, all these teams are playing with supreme confidence. I mean, supreme confidence. Yep. And just because you're at home, that's no guarantee. Oh, and we just saw that in the regional, right? We saw five teams hosting. That, catch you later. You're on the couch. You got to go mm-hmm. win. So that yeah. number that you just threw on there, the 80% number, when you get the best of three, and that's what all these are, Super Regionals, that first game feels like a huge deal. And especially if you could steal one on yeah, the does. road, it feels big. It's really that's big. That's right. Yep. By the way, just saw a note. Tickets tonight in Hattiesburg. I think it's no tomorrow, 4 o'clock first pitch, 3 o'clock uh, Central Time. Ole Miss, Southern Miss. Tickets are going for almost $2,000 in the grandstand hey. on the secondary market. What did I tell you yesterday when we started oh. about this about professional golf? Everybody in life Meanwhile, has a, a price. price. Everybody on the planet right, Earth yeah. has a number in their head where they go, you know what, I'm good. That's right. I'm going to stay right here with some uh, bourbon in my hand. You guys go handle it. Or I got a glass of wine or my favorite beverage. You guys go enjoy that. But there's a number for everybody. And if, two, if 2K is your That's number, it. go for it. Get you a good seat. Knock yourself mm-hmm. out. There you go. 
There you go. All right, uh, let's get you to one stat per game, shall we? And we will start with uh, the first game of the afternoon involving the ACC, and that is Oklahoma at Virginia Tech. The Hokies rank among the nation's top ten in scoring, home runs, and batting average, and the Sooners have an ERA of 5.45, and it's the worst among the 16 remaining teams. Oh, boy. Sounds like a pretty good recipe for hokey, hokey, hokey high hitting a baseball all over the yard is what it sounds like to me. But you still got to go play. Wes, by the way, we had yep. 349 home runs hit in the regionals. 349. <laughs> what do you think that number is going to be? Again, the pitching's better. The teams are better. It's the best of three in all of these eight super regionals. And Granted, the number is going to be lower, but man... The way these teams are hitting the baseball, I mean, I know Notre Dame is the exception to the rule because they put pitching on everybody to move forward and all that good stuff. They're going to bring that best ERA of the ACC to Knoxville. But, man, people are going yard in college baseball. I'm going to say 52. That's your. That's going to be your number? 5-2? Eight regionals? Five, I think it'll be higher than that. Okay. I think it's going to be a lot higher than that. I'm going to go 5-2. All right. I'm right now. I'm going to go 5-2. We will readdress right. that on Monday. All right? Because I think the number what's your will be num- higher. What's your number going to be? A lot higher than 52. What's your number? I mean, listen, you talk about eight, okay. eight series. You mean to tell me you only think it's going to be one or two home runs? Come on, man. I, I think there are going to be some games that get a little sideways, and I think there'll be games where there's one, maybe two hit. I'm going to go higher. Than that. Maybe three on a weekend. All right, okay. I'm, I'm going to go higher. See where I'm just going to go 52. I almost said 60. I almost said 60, but I think that might be too high. Okay. All right. You set the you set the bar right. at 52. I'm going to go higher than that. I'm going to go over. All right. We'll, see, we'll, we'll, we'll get together on Monday and figure out what's we'll going ask, on there. We'll ask Drew Brooks coming up in true or false whether he thinks it's over oh. or under. Okay. The number. Fair enough. So, all right. Uh, Louisville, Texas A&M. Third time that Louisville has faced – an SEC opponent in the Super Regionals. The Cards swept Vanderbilt in 2013 in Nashville and swept a home Super from Kentucky in 2017. So there you go. Well, Dan McDonald, no problem going to College Station. The heat will be the biggest issue. Well, that is a cool stat, but here's the counter to that. The Texas A&M is 2-0 against the ACC in Super Regionals. So something's mm. got to give in College Station – and hopefully the air conditioner is yep. working because, like you said, we're going triple digits, <laughs> uh, 102. Oof. You're high today in College Station. So it's going to be toasty in Texas. Yep. Uh, that series begins tonight at 830. That might be your saving grace. At least you're starting at night. Uh, Arkansas at Carolina is Saturday morning, 11 a.m., Carolina's reached the College World Series in seven of its previous nine Super Regional appearances. I just feel like the Tar Heels are in a pretty good situation here. I know everybody's talking about the Arkansas and so forth, but feels like Carolina's been trending up since May, and the momentum's been hard to beat. Uh, the Heels have been hard to beat. They're 18-3 and three since the start of May. Uh, going back to that home run stat I just threw on you, 349 of them hit the Regionals. North Carolina hit 14, Arkansas hit 12. And you know what? I, I think the ball could be flying at the Bosch, too, this weekend. My opinion. 
Again, that gets started tomorrow morning, weather permitting, of course, Mother Nature. Mm. Always a pain in the rear end when it comes to this time of the year. Always. <laughs> All right. Uh, off to Knoxville, Kyle Peterson coming up at 845 this morning. He and Tom Hart will be at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Notre Dame is at Tennessee. Tennessee has won its last 12 postseason games in Knoxville. Its last postseason loss, 2001, when it fell to Wake Forest in the first regional final. Is that George Greer and the Deeks getting in there? Well, I'm not going to – 10-3. Not going to sugarcoat it. Tennessee's the team to beat. Notre Dame knows what they're up against. Uh, Great environment. Fans will be nuts. Vols have been fantastic. They hit, they run, they play great defense. They got pitching. Uh, this is an uphill climb for Notre Dame. There's no question. But we had Link Jared on the show yesterday. You just saw, in case you missed it, replay. They know what they're up against. But mm. when you got good pitching, again, I think the pressure in game one, if Notre Dame could get off to a good start, you mentioned this yesterday, and just put all the pressure yep. on Tennessee and just see how they handle it. But the Vols, make no mistake, Everybody that follows college baseball says this is the team to beat, and they could snap that streak of no number one overall seed winning this championship since 1999. Miami, the last to do it. There you go. Uh, Tennessee, by the way, making their first visit to Knoxville. Uh, or Notre Dame making its first visit to Knoxville, I should say, since 1966. Tennessee makes a visit to Knoxville every day. Yeah, they're pretty. Uh, they're used to the surroundings there. They are. They're used to it. Um, this also brings into uh, play the Notre Dame things that can happen. Right, Pack? Notre Dame is the one school. Get Tim Beret on the phone. <laughs> Notre Dame is the one school that can kind of upset things. When you think you've got it going – Notre Dame, you don't want to see Notre Dame, Pac. Yeah, they, they like this. Hey, you're number one. Hey, that's cool. Let's go play. The, the Irish in their history in multiple sports have lived for oh. this moment where they get to knock off the team that's got the number one beside their name. Notre Dame has been pretty good at it. Yeah, there is uh, Skylar Diggins winning a title for Muffet in 2011, beating UConn in the Final Four. Uh, do I have to go back to 2002? One of Mike Martin's best Florida State teams ever. With Dirt Drew and everybody else, Notre Dame beat the number one national seed, Florida State, in the Super Regionals to meet uh, to reach the World Series. Uh, Brian O'Connor, by the way, was an assistant on that Notre Dame staff in 2002, the Virginia coach. Um, 1974. Roll the videotape. Digger stops the 88-game winning streak. Look at Adrian Dantley on the bench, intently listening to a man wearing a plaid coat whose daughter hung out with Packer for a while. <laughs> um, did I say that on the air? I'm sorry. I think you um, just did. Karen Phelps, I apologize there's, for my partner. There's John, John Shoemate guarding Bill Walton. Dave Myers trying to tie the game at the end. No. UCLA's 88-game win streak snapped. Um, I can go back to 1957. Oklahoma had a 47-game win streak in football. Bud Wilkinson and the Sooners had it snapped by Notre Dame. So the question is tonight, can Link Jarrett and Notre Dame baseball 
knock off a team that, quite frankly, could win 60 games in a college baseball season. Tennessee has only lost seven times this year. It's an amazing stat. They were 53-7 and going into the tournament. It's a crazy stat. They're 56-7. and They could win 60 games and lose less than 10 in a college baseball season. There's an old adage before we got to the expanded field that the closer you were to 40 wins and the further you were from 20 losses, the better your team was. Tennessee's got a chance to win 60, 60 games. Man, it's an amazing stat when you think about it, Pac. It is. Well, they've been great. I mean, listen, that's like I said, Notre Dame, they understand what they signed up for. Uh, you got to go. Hey, if you're going to win it all, you got to go beat the best teams. And the best team in college baseball today is Tennessee. So here we go. First yeah. pitch. Let's go play. We're going to keep score. Can't wait. Yep. Love it. By the way, real so quick. There you go. Real quick. Can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. This happened when I was in Italy, and I, I should have mentioned it on Monday, but you had Notre Dame on the brain. Uh, thoughts and prayers uh, to Notre Dame's entire family. Roger Valdeseri, who I had a chance to work with yep. years and years ago. Uh, truly one of the all-time great PR people. Uh, and, I, and I'm not just talking mm-hmm. about college sports. I'm talking about in sports in general and an incredible person. Uh, we lost him uh, last week. Um, and I think, you know, we talk about SIDs all the time, Wes. I mean, we it, they make our mm-hmm. life easy, whether you're a broadcaster, whether you're hosting a show like this. Uh, and the SIDs uh, around the country do an incredible job. But when you start talking about the, like the Mount Rushmore of SIDs, I, I think of guys like Bob Bradley. Oh, no question. Uh, Roger Valdeseri is one of those guys. And uh, he passed away last week. Mm-hmm. I believe he was 95 years of age. And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up and really speak on behalf of everybody who's ever done anything in sports, uh, the incredible SIDs that make life so easy for all of us. But he was so far ahead of his time in terms of treating people with respect and doing the right thing and being creative in the whole mm-hmm. thing. And uh, he set a standard by which everybody else uh, tries to measure up to. And you know, I think you mentioned Tim Bure a second ago, and Tim comes from, of course, the trio of Bob Bradley and Roger Valdeseri. That that era, man, as good as it ever, ever is and was. And so our thoughts and prayers wow. to Notre Dame on that front. Tim Bure is spectacular. And – his tree of people that work for him that's in this business is phenomenal. Right. But Tim Beret comes from a unique tree because he was undergrad at Notre Dame where he worked with Roger Valdeseri and then came to work at Clemson where he worked with Mr. B. Right. I mean, when you think about that heritage, right? Incredible. Uh, you know, we had Kenny Klein on the show while you were gone to Europe. Uh, Kenny Klein is unbelievable. I mean, just a guy that – you know, when you see Kenny Klein, you're thinking you're talking about one of the one of the premier guys in the country. All right. Well, the Roger Valdeseries, the Bob Bradleys, the Tim Berets, the Kenny Kleins. I mean, they're throughout the ACC. It's just been we've been so fortunate. I mean, through the years to have these incredible people. I go back to Rich Murray in the days of Virginia. Jim Daves has carried on Rich's legacy. Um, you know, it's just it, it's incredible how important and how valuable that industry is. And Roger Valdeseri is near the top of that Everest, folks. That's just as good as it gets. 
I mean, if there's anybody up around the cap of Everest in sports information work, Roger Valdeseri is there. No yeah. doubt about it. My first job out of college uh, was with a company called TEN Sports, which is no longer, but we had the rights to Notre Dame football. So that, I, that, that was my first uh, indoctrination in working with Roger Valdeseri. And, man, you just knew instantly what a special guy he is. And um, mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw the news last week, again, I was not in the country, but I was like, wow, I mean, what a, just a wonderful, wonderful person. Incredible. Yep, exactly right. Uh, sit tight. We've got a break. When we come back, uh, Nina King had an interesting comment yesterday. It kind of opens the door a little bit on maybe how the new thinking in athletic administration goes. Since she being one of the newer ADs in the ACC, we'll share the quote with you and see what kind of thoughts we have on this to share with you about where college athletics may be going in this NIL portal world. We'll do that next on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham podcast. Packer and Durham on a Friday, 844-SAY-ACCN. Kyle Peterson's coming up here in about uh, 20, 25 minutes. Always a pleasure having him on. He'll break it all down for us. Thanks again to David Teal, who joined us in our number one, Mr. Durham. Absolutely. Nina King had a very interesting comment on the heels of Duke hiring uh, former Nike NBA staffer Rachel Baker as their GM to aid players with the NIL. And it's one we want to show you here because the the quote says, ultimately, I'm responsible for all the hires across the department, but I'm a big believer in giving head coaches autonomy to make the best decision for their programs. Their success depends on the people that they surround themselves with. Now, while you say, okay, well, that's really no different than what anybody else has ever said. Think about it in this light. I don't know that we've seen a college basketball team take a GM under under roof. Uh, John Shire is a forward, expansive thinking guy. He's done a terrific job as an assistant coach. We expect Duke not to really skip a beat, very similar to Carolina and Hubert Davis in terms of soft transitions, right, Pack? I mean, I think we're, you know, we're gonna see some differences than a 40-year-plus guy coaching in Mike Shashevsky. But in terms of the transitive nature, Duke has done all the right things, seemingly just like Carolina did, which has made both these hires interesting. But is Nina King opening the door to the new way of athletic administration on the collegiate level that's being influenced by portal, name, image, and likeness, the business side of what college athletics has become? Call me crazy, but I thought what she said was spot on. Uh, The the smartest, best companies Mm -hmm. that I've ever seen, worked for, admired – have the approach that here's what you do. You hire really talented people, you surround them with really talented people, and then you know what? You kind of get out of the way. You get out of the way. If I could be right. of help, let me know. I, I thought her statement, when I read her statement, I was like, that's exactly how you, if I was running a business, that's exactly yep. what I would do too. Um, I thought what Duke did this week with that hire made a ton of sense to me. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a different universe now. It's a totally different world with name, image, and likeness and branding and marketing and opportunities for your student athletes. And, and to have somebody uh, in place that understands how that works at the highest level, which would be the NBA from a basketball perspective, I think that makes, to me, that is really, really smart. 
No. Does that guarantee you wins? No. Yeah. That's what John Shire's got to do. That's why he got paid, and that's why he's putting together a staff and recruiting at a crazy level, and then he'll have to go prove it. And that transition, we will see how that transition works from Coach K to John Shire. I will tell you, as awesome as the end of the year was for North Carolina and Hubert Davis in terms of getting to the Final Four and being so close to winning a title, hey, let's be honest. There were times in November and December and parts of January, even the most ardent North Carolina fans are like, man, I don't know. Are we even a tournament team? So there will be a bumpy ride to try to figure this thing out. But I thought Hubert did a great job. I think Shire will have great success. But as far as your question, I thought what Nina King said is exactly how you have to conduct businesses in this day and age. And the pressure's on her, in this particular case, to go hire really smart competent people i think she's done that mm-hmm. yeah i there's an old adage in athletic administration on the collegiate level and you know what i mean by this dave brain once told me it when we worked together at georgia tech that ad's coach coaches right and i think there was that mentality of ad's coaching coaches back when most athletic directors were former coaches right be it Dave Brain, who was an assistant football coach for a long, long time at several institutions, be it Frank Howard or somebody like that who was the actual football coach at the particular school, right? Uh, remember Everett Case, who was the athletic director at NC State, was the swim coach for the Wolfpack, right? You had basketball coaches that were ADs. You had all sorts of different variations of coaches who at one point or another were athletic directors. That now, that kind of globe has turned a little bit to where most athletic directors have some degree of business acumen. They have some degree potentially of compliance acumen, sports administration acumen. So you have to open that door a little wider now to maybe more conventional corporate thinking. I think Nina King crosses both lines here a little bit. She understands like new athletic directors. And I'd like to talk to, you know, a Dan Radakovich who also comes maybe from that financial side or, um, Carla Williams, who's a sports administration, compliance, marketing side. How does all that skew in today's world? You can still coach coaches, but now it's got to be more of a corporate operative pack. Yeah. I mean, this has now become the bigger business model. This is the thing that everybody said it would never become. Well, now it's become that. And I thought I, I thought she hit a home run with the comment because I believe you do have to create – a basketball corporation, a football corporation, a course. field hockey corporation in many respects. Hey, no, no, you better have a CEO, CFO background. And again, you got to be people oriented still. I mean, the one thing about, and this is true whether yep. we're talking about a media industry or a college athletic department or whatever the case may be, you still have to be, you know, generating number one, great opportunities for your people, but you got to surround them with smart folks. And I thought Nina's approach was spot on, mm-hmm. but you better have a background from a financial standpoint, a marketing standpoint, especially in this day and age. When Ryan Day, and I know when you were gone this week, and we were talking about this with Matt Chick, when Ryan Day, the head football coach at The Ohio State University, <laughs> comes out and says, hey, I need $13 million to keep my <laughs> roster intact. This is not the days of Frank Howard. Hey, give them boys some uh, hot tops and let's go play some football. It's a different universe, man. When you start talking about the head coach is talking about, I need 13 mil to keep my roster intact. Hey, it's, it's a trickle down effect. It starts at the top. I, I've said this for a thousand years. If you're weak at the top, you are bound to fail. I've worked for enough media companies, just to use that as an example, where you have incompetent executives making decisions 
that you just look around and go, I, you know, no matter how hard we work, we're in trouble. I, I've been there, done. I've seen right. that. Same thing on the flip side. You've worked with people that are incredibly bright that surround you with really talented people and say, listen, if you have a problem, let me know. But we should be good to go. And so you've got to have that feel if you're a leader to understand what your department needs and to think that Duke basketball, North Carolina basketball, Clemson football, Miami football, you fill in the blank. These are corporations. It's not just a football mm-hmm. team, a basketball. These are corporations in this day and age as far as the financial model goes. So for Nina King's comment, when I read it, I was like, that is exactly the approach you need to have from a leadership standpoint in this day and age of college athletics. There you go. I agree with you. When we come back, <clears throat> it's Friday, and it's the uh, halfway point of the Friday show. It's time for one of the founding producers of the Packer and Durham program to step forward. Drew Brooks is next. And this week's edition of Over or Under is next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham on a Friday. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. I mentioned that uh, Kyle Peterson's coming up here in about 12 minutes. But before we do that, we head to Bristol, Connecticut. Foghat. Home of the smart Gotta people. Play Foghat. Gotta play there the bumper. Foghat. Nice bumper. Hey, Pack, by the way, founding producer Drew Brooks is going on assignment after today's show for a couple of weeks. Going to be oh. on assignment. I don't blame him. I would too if I could pull it off. Oh, uh, like the two weeks you went on assignment a couple weeks ago, Italy. Yeah, I was on assignment. Yeah, that'd be more two weeks. That was on assignment. Was that on assignment two pack on was assignment? Was for me. <laughs> okay. All right, Brooks. What are we doing? How are we doing today? Uh, we're doing great. It's Friday. Uh, Friday. As my good friend Molly Karam likes to say. What time we playing? What time we teeing it up tomorrow? What time we teeing it up? Uh, tomorrow we're teeing up at ten forty, uh, but today we're teeing up at twelve ten. Yeah. Yes. We'll see how it goes. All right. Uh, but nobody cares about my golf game. Are we defend our West Hartford Let's, Amateur uh, Champion? Are we? Are we defending our West Hartford Amateur Championship this year? The goal will be to defend. I uh, can honestly say the game right now is not in great shape. Uh, I've been working a little bit too much. Right. Uh, that's a lie. I just not playing great. Uh, but uh, we'll did see. you did you hear that? Did you hear that Packer may actually swing a seven iron this weekend? I did hear I that. Heard that. I heard, I heard that. I also heard yeah. uh, that he was going to not go on social media when he went on Italy. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, okay, good. All right, let's talk some baseball and then uh, actually some track and field here. Uh, we're going to start our over-under uh, with the Super Regionals. We've mentioned that 80% of the teams that win game one go on to Omaha. Mm. So over-under three ACC teams that win game one of their Super Regional Series this weekend. Under. I'm going to go under as well. I am. Threes at threes. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd take three right now and ask no questions. That's what I'd do. I'd take three and put that right in my back pocket and take my chances. That's what I'd do. Yep. If yep. we put I'm, the number, I'm going at, two. Okay, so if we put the number at one and a half, would you both say over? Yes. Yes. Next time we'll write a better question. 
Moving on. <laughs> maybe maybe in the next two weeks you can uh, find some inspiration for a probably, return in July. Probably not. Probably Just not. saying. For those that uh, don't get to listen to our uh, conversations during the break, a uh, favorite term of ours is poorly produced. I can't tell you how many times Mark and Wes say that uh, as soon as we go to break. Poorly produced. Uh, but moving on. Rarely. Uh, so True. Eight, eight uh, super regional matchups this weekend. Over under five of the home teams advancing. Ooh, I think it's the number. I think that's the number. Ooh, man. I do too. Um. All right, I'll I'll, I'll roll the God, dice. That's here. right I'll, on the number. Yeah, I think I think that is the correct answer. I'm going to go over. And I'm just going to roll the dice and say over. I'll take home field advantage. All right, I'll, and I'll just take under just for the just for the sake to cover both sides. How's that? For the sake of it, but I, yeah, I think five is the number. Yeah, and yeah, so there you go. That's a good All question. Right. Uh, thank you. Uh, not poorly produced that time. Got him. Uh, going to track and field. Did you know the ACC has four of the nine runners or hurdlers, I should say, in the 110 meter hurdle Ooh. finals? Over under two Ooh. of them that get to the podium tonight. Uh, I think that is the number. I'm going to go over. Number. Wow. Everybody's on the I'm podium. Over. An ACC oh, sweep. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Nice. Yep. Our man Trey Cunningham. I know who wins. That guy right there. I know who wins. I put two donuts away by the time he finished that race right there. Uh, John Anderson's striding it out, by the way. Good to see John Anderson in the uh, video package there, striding it out. Trey was the uh, fastest qualifier. Uh, Jaheim Hales from Syracuse was the third fastest. And then Clemson had seven and nine. Uh, So four of the nine from the ACC. Pretty good. Nice. I'm still right. going. I'm still I'm going with two donuts by the time Trey Cunningham can go 110 meters. Under. Two hot Krispy Kreme donuts at one time. Under 13 seconds. Under. Put them together, smash it, swallow, go. <laughs> you can do it. 13 <laughs> Sounds seconds. Sounds easy enough. All right, uh, two kind of personal questions. Uh, not super personal, but uh, just curious. I think the fans are very curious on this. Over under 70 miles an hour. Is the fastest pitch you could hit off of any pitcher? No. Under. 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 Way under. You know, if you'd have asked me that question 20 years ago, I'd tell you over. But you know what? Here's how this works. You think you can until you see it. And then you go, man, I can't hit that. No. no I can't I hit that. I, I couldn't hit, period. The only no. guy I could hit pitches off of was Danny Manning. We're kids. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. Everybody thinks they can hit a baseball until somebody gets up there who can really hum it, and then you realize, man, how in the world does anybody hit anything? Forget it. Let me tell you this. When when cats start talking about their prowess of hitting a ball, it ain't real hard to go find a pitching machine and set it on a number, and okay, there you go. And I want to tell you what, the older you get, the worse you are. Yeah. And if somebody set it on 40, I'd have a hard time hitting it right now. I'll tell you a real quick story. Years ago in the old radio show, Primetime with the Pac-Man, I used to have this guy on the show called the QCB. He used to run his mouth about everybody. <laughs> and here in Charlotte, the Charlotte Knights, listen to this story, the Charlotte Knights baseball team uh, 
QCB had come on in and he started making fun of Tommy John, the legendary pitcher Tommy John. And he, no. ah, that noodle arm, he can't do this, he can't do I said, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, Tommy John was listening one day, called into the show and called him out and said, I tell you what, big boy, you run in your lips. You come over here to Knight Stadium, we'll set this thing up. So we set it up where QCB was going to try to hit Tommy John before a ball game. And, you know, you got five, ten thousand. 10,000 people. Is this in Fort Mill? Yeah. We had five, ten thousand oh, people, yeah. you, know, you know, for a baseball game, and here goes QCB running his mouth and, you know, doing his thing, and Tommy John, who was just a wonderful guy, and he was fired up. Now I, I'm, I, I got the microphone, and again, the place is packed. And Q's up there pointing to the fence like he's Babe Ruth, and Tommy John's out there warming up, and I, I realized instantly that Tommy John is. P.O.'d. Like, I'm going to show this cat up. He's up there running his mouth about me. And so I'm standing out there on the mound with a microphone for the PA system. Here's Tommy John warming up. And Tommy, you'd have thought he's coming out of the dugout for the Yankees. Like, this is game seven of the, of the World Series. And, you, you know, you could just – you've been around professional athletes, Wes – what you oh, know yeah. when you know when they are dialed in, like they don't know anything else mm-hmm. is around them. Tommy John, would, I could have been on fire standing beside Tommy John on the mountain. He would not have known I was being engulfed in flames. And so I got the mic, and here comes Q, and he's pointing the thing, and I'm and I'm watching Tommy John throw. And again, you watch Tommy John in his heyday pitching for the Yankees. He always threw that off-speed stuff, and it looked like it was coming in there at 35 miles an hour. When you're standing beside a professional athlete and they're throwing it, you're like, dude, who is going to hit that? And so sure enough, Mm -hmm. QCB gets up there thinking he's cool, you know, to go and do his thing, and Tommy John is just throwing heat. And Q could have still been there for 25 years and never hit eight ball. I mean, and then, so every time I see a question like that, it's the first thing that pops in my head that everybody's like, oh, man, I can hit that guy. No, you cannot. I mean, there's a reason that guy is a professional athlete and why you're sitting your fat butt on the couch eating pizza, drinking beer, going, yeah, this guy can't play a lick. Trust me, there's a reason pro athletes are pro athletes. So the answer to that question is under, under, under. There you go. Yeah. What else you got, Brooks? Uh, just one more question. Uh, personal preference with uh, four different sites uh, for the Super Regionals. Over under 75 degrees being the perfect baseball weather. That's too hot. Ooh. Under. Under. Under, man. Yeah, 65. You're right. 65, 60, 65. Upper 50s, lower 60s, perfect. Little sweater, baseball hat, garlic fries. Garlic fries. Beat the Dodgers. There we go, garlic fries. Perfect. Perfect. I wish you could describe – I wish we could describe the QCB to somebody because he was a staple of primetime with a Pac-Man. And the QCB got you into more stuff than you ever thought you'd ever get into. Uh, actually, it was the other way around, but that's okay. That's that's, that's <laughs> other way around. Well, it'll be in the book. You got one the day. QCB into more stuff. Yeah, it'll yeah. be in the book. That's yeah, fair. it'll be in the yeah. book. I tr- believe me. It, that that book's gonna be a movie one day if somebody actually pays attention to it. Because it's crazy some of the stuff I've been involved with, and he was one of. Them. Uh, 
I thought that was well produced by Brooks. Didn't you pack on his way to a, on assignment? Brooks is great. I, like I said, all, all the smart people in Bristol, we just kind of get in front of the yeah, parade and just kind of lead it through Main Street. That's right. And That's sometimes it. it gets off That's track it. and they get us back on track. But the smart sure. people, the really talented people on this show are behind the right. scenes, That's not it. in front of it. That's, That's it. the truth. That's clear. Except Kyle Peterson, who's next. He's Kyle good. Peterson... Is one of the smart people. Talented yeah, dude. Very smart. Yeah. Uh, oh, no question. And we're off to Knoxville. He and uh, Saturday TV talent Tom Hart calling the Knoxville Regional with Notre Dame in Tennessee, the Super. We'll talk to KP Omaha next on Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Super Regional Friday, Super Regional Weekend. Three ACC teams get cranked up today and tonight. North Carolina makes it the fourth tomorrow morning against Arkansas and Chapel Hill. Kyle Peterson joins us from Knoxville. Guy knows all. And uh, I'll tell you what, yep. he hit one out. So you can throw it in there 70 miles an hour. Kyle Peterson hit that thing. There he is. Kyle, how are we doing? Joker. He'd turn on him. I wouldn't. No? I wouldn't. No, hit we're not hitting. I had one home run. It was the sophomore year of my high school. And I, I, I can tell you everything. But I was not, I could not hit ever. So if somebody threw I one in there. I tried hard, but I wasn't good at it. But, but if somebody threw one in at 70 miles an hour right now, you couldn't, you couldn't turn on it? I'd probably miss. Wow. With just full blatant honesty, I would probably miss it. By the way, you're a, you're a Stanford Man. guy. You're a Stanford guy. We just had uh, Drew Brooks just ask us a question. Perfect baseball weather, and he laid it out there like it's 65, 70 degrees. I, I mean, you're a Stanford guy. It's got to be less than that, right? I mean, perfect baseball weather is what for you? For me, I yeah. wanted it as cold as possible. Right. Because then nobody wanted to hit. Right. But if I was a hitter, I'd look at it totally differently. But, I mean, I grew up in Nebraska, and so spring baseball, man, if it wasn't snow, and even if it was snowing, sometimes you were going to play. But – I wanted as cold as absolutely possible because I knew I could get warm, but nobody ever wants to hit when it's cold. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, we talk about Notre Dame and last year at Mississippi State in that environment and now coming to Knoxville against Goliath. And I'm going to say Goliath because, I mean, Tennessee could win 60 games, and that's just crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, if they went out, they're going to go 60-something and seven, which is just, to me, bananas in college baseball. But how does Notre Dame pull this off, in your mind? How can Notre Dame pull this off this weekend? I, I think there's a few things. One, they're really good. Um, and I, they should have hosted. They didn't host. I, I think it's kind of two years that they've, they haven't had the best draw, for sure. Last year, they had to go to Mississippi State. They were the nine. Mississippi State was the eight. If those two are flip-flop, then State goes to, to uh, South Bend. Now, this year, they're old. <clears throat> I say that in the nicest possible way. Um, they've been in an environment that I think is going to be relatively similar to this, and that's Starkville. There's a lot more people at Starkville, but it is going to be rowdy tonight. Um and I don't think that the environment is going to have an effect on them as maybe it would some others. Tennessee's better. Tennessee's better than everyone. Tennessee is as good a college baseball team as I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, mm. I, we were looking again at stats, and this stat is amazing to me. Tennessee has hit 150 home runs, and they've allowed 150 earned runs this year. They have hit as many home runs as they have allowed earned runs. That has never happened in the college game. But 
if there's one team that you could pick and say, okay, I think this is the one that has the best chance in Knoxville, I may take Notre Dame. Um, you just got to beat them two out of three. You don't have to beat them, you know, 15 out of 20. It's a short sample set. I don't think you're going to see a bunch of 11, 10 games. I think they're going to have to keep it low scoring. But with that pitching staff, you can. Uh, the one team that's going to be uh, Christmas Day is Virginia Tech. Never, ever been to a Super Regional. We've kind of seen these cool storylines before. Uh, another team that can flat out rake. Here comes Oklahoma fresh off and eliminating Florida and Gainesville. What about the Hokies? Big picture. Can we get a newbie to Omaha? Yeah, we could definitely get a newbie. I mean, it's you got them. You've got ECU would be a newbie to get there. Uh, UConn, I believe, is a newbie. But if not, they, they haven't been there in a long time. Absolutely. I think playing at Blacksburg is a huge deal. It's a huge deal for everybody. We were talking about this last weekend in regionals. I think what I would like to see them do is expand the first round of regionals to 32 sites. So you get 16 sites that have a chance to host. I think it helps grow it in some spaces that have it. Well, Virginia Tech's done that and and kind of taken it in their own hands and said, you know what, we'll just be a top eight and and we can host all the way through. Um, I think this is a pretty even super. Oklahoma's really good. And if Oklahoma wasn't going on the road, I would tell you I think Oklahoma has a clear advantage here. Uh, I had them a few times this year. They went down to beat a Florida team that was playing really good and did it in Gainesville. They won the Big 12 tournament. Uh, they got a big leaguer behind the home plate. They got a big leaguer at shortstop. But they're going to face a team that hits a lot of home runs themselves. So I, I think that it, if, if you're a fan and you want offense, I think you got a chance you're going to see a fair amount this weekend. But Oklahoma's ERA is almost five and a half. It's the worst one yeah. of the 16 remaining. And Virginia Tech's one of those few teams that shows up in the, what, top 15, top 25 of just about every complete baseball team category. Um, and John Chef's amazing. And I know, Kyle, you played for a great coach at Stanford. You've, you've seen great college baseball coaching. This guy's name doesn't come up enough for the work he did at Maryland and now what he's done at Virginia Tech in my mind. Yeah, I mean, he took Maryland to the – they went to Westwood, I think, in a super regional. When he was at Maryland, had a chance to knock UCLA off, or maybe they beat him in a regional. I don't remember exactly what it was, but the, their run to Omaha was going to go through Westwood, and I agree. Listen, if if you're Virginia Tech, you want a team – well, anybody wants a higher A team, but a team that hits a lot of home runs does. But I would tell you the first two starters for Oklahoma have – I mean, have major league stuff. It's – you're going to see mid-90s from both sides, from the left and the right. Uh, and, and some swing and miss stuff where they get into trouble is when they put guys on, then obviously you've got a greater ability to do damage. So, um, yes, is it a, is, if, if you were picking all the staffs, is it a staff of your Virginia Tech that you would want to face? Probably. But I would tell you the first two starters they roll out there are pretty darn good. Uh, North Carolina mm-hmm. and Arkansas playing the best baseball at the right time. I mean, the Heels have been red hot. They win the ACC. They come in the loser's bracket. They take care of business in Chapel Hill. Arkansas goes to Stillwater. They're hitting home runs left and right. Great win for them. Arkansas, yeah. one of those teams you kind of figure is going to be in the hunt from the get-go. Sluggish. Now they're hot. I mean, tradition, history, Chapel Hill. I mean, just kind of feels like a big-time regional, doesn't it? Super regional. Big time. 100%. Yeah, I mean, you got brand value all over the place. You've got uh, Arkansas that was the undisputed number one team in the country last year that gets beat in Supers by NC State. I mean, I wouldn't say that Arkansas was on the Tennessee level as far as historically the type of team, but they were undoubtedly the number one team in the country, and they didn't get out of their own super. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if you want to go back to that Notre Dame argument, it can happen. It happened last year um, and happened with an ACC team. But with this one, 
a few things. One, it's a similar lineup that Arkansas had last year. It's one of those situations you see sometimes to where maybe it's the year after that teams make a run that they're not quite as talented as they were, but they've been through some other things. <clears throat> they got a bullpen that can be a, a power swing and miss bullpen. There's some, um, you know, Connor Nolan's been around for a while. It's the kind of guy you want to start a, a super because I think you know exactly what you're going to get. He may give up a few, but he's, he's not going to walk the world. And North Carolina has, has been as hot as anybody over the last three or four weeks. Van, the Honeycutt kid, Vance Honeycutt, is um, is one of I, the most exciting prospects that we have in the entirety of the college game. 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, super athletic out in center field, robbed a big home run for North Carolina in regionals. And so it's those type of players mm-hmm. that you want to see on the national stage because he's got a chance to play in the big leagues for a long time and be a star. It is a different-looking college baseball player. Uh, and now everybody gets to see him this weekend. Kyle, we've had uh, obviously a lot of fun watching ACC baseball this year because the league's been really good, right? I mean, we're seeing some new faces. We're seeing some of the brand names. But two of the brand names aren't there, Miami and Florida State. Um, Mm -hmm. Last week, Miami obviously disappointed home. You guys, you and Tom saw Florida State at Auburn. Uh, I mean, you saw them run into the buzzsaw. The Tigers looked like they were hitting everything that even entered the ballpark, let alone being thrown across the plate last week. Um, what does it tell you about the league when the two, I guess, brands are not involved in this? That it's now, you know, Virginia Tech, Carolina, they've been a brand. Notre Dame's making the move with Link. You know Louisville's been solid. We're, we talked about Virginia Tech. What does it say to somebody who sees this game nationally like you do that the ACC's now got a little more, more depth maybe than people thought a couple of years ago? Yeah, so let me – and there's no absolute answer to this, but when do you think the the ideal time that Miami and Florida State were big-time brands? If I were to say it, I'd say roughly 20 years ago. When both of them were playing at the absolute height of what they were, Miami won a national championship, Florida State was in Omaha every time. You know who wasn't good then? Louisville, Notre Dame, North Carolina wasn't good yet. They were starting to get good. Uh, Virginia Tech. Like, if you look at the league at that point, it was massively different than it is right now from the depth standpoint. And that is what's changed. You led on to it right there. But what has changed is more athletic departments care and have put resources into college baseball. And as a part of that, then you see things like this. And ultimately, I mean, listen, look across the country. Like, USC is trying to hire a new coach for the fourth time in the last decade right now. SC's won more national championships than anybody in the country. Cal State Fullerton had zero chance to get into the postseason this year. Rice had zero chance to get into the postseason this year. Stuff changes in this game, and it thankfully it changes because more places care. And as more places care, as there's more talent at the collegiate level, because there's more talent at the collegiate level now than there ever has been, ultimately the product gets better, and parity, and parity spreads out. And I think parity, by and large, parity is a good thing, and we're seeing enough of it now. Got one more question for me. Uh, Louisville A&M, who do you like? Is this nothing more than, hey, flip a coin, home field, maybe that's the yeah. advantage, or mm-hmm. what do you think here? Yeah, I think it is. <clears throat> so A&M's interesting. Of, of the nine guys that A&M's going to start offensively or usually start offensively, um, seven of them didn't start at A&M. And so you, you want to talk it like the, the, the transfer portal world that we live in. Some are JUCO kids, some are transfer portal kids. But they've totally flipped that lineup over over the course of a year. And Louisville's really offensive, too. That ballpark plays offensive. That's one, you know, we had talked about if you're Notre Dame to win the series, you probably got to keep it fairly low scoring. I don't think the one at A&M is going to be fairly low scoring. If, if you want to pick one of the most offensive supers, 
I think it's going to be one of the most offensive. And Louisville showed in their regional. I mean, look what they did to Michigan at the end. Like, they start heating up in any ballpark. Louisville's got a chance to put a bunch of points on the board. So, I think that if you're sitting there and you want to see offense, that's probably the one to go hang out in. And I'm with you. I think it's a, I think it's a 50-50 deal. If you play it 10 times, it wouldn't shock me if each wins five. There you go. Kyle Peterson will be in Knoxville for Notre Dame and Tennessee. Uh, remember, your partner doesn't pay for meals in that town. They put his name on marquee, so don't don't be looking for a bill when you guys go out to eat. Hey, partner, whether they're whether they're putting his name on marquees or not, he doesn't pay for meals, <laughs> so that don't make any difference. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> Hey, good luck keeping him straight. Thank you as always. Look forward to watching. All right, thanks. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. You got it. Thanks. Oh, Tom Hart, Kyle Peterson will be in Knoxville. T. Hart doesn't pay for any meals, Pac. Well, I just going to say, getting back on a serious note, and and Kyle knows the game inside and out. I I think you could just tell how competitive these series are going to be. I mean, when a guy as knowledgeable as that is goes, hey – this thing could go either mm-hmm. way. And, you know, if you love offense, yeah, this is what I love about Super Regionals. They're all different. I mean, if yep. you love pitching, you can find it. You love hitting, you can find it. But, man, the way these teams are raking, I go back to that number, 349 home runs in the Regionals. Uh, there'll be some dudes going yard Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and who knows, maybe even Monday. All right, when we come back, we're going to look at the Super Regionals and the World Series in relation to your league. It's pretty interesting stuff. Getting to Omaha and winning once you're there. Getting there's one thing, winning's a whole nother issue. We'll talk about that. Don't forget Chris Winky and Mike Rooney still to come. Power Hour next on Packer and Durham. This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371.